City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Good day to you. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Good everything. You never know where someone's listening. I don't know. Someone could be listening from Japan. Yeah, I think we've got listeners in Toyonaka City in Osaka Prefecture. It's possible. You just wanted to show your nerdy knowledge of Japan. Yeah. Now, what what is that? Was that like a city within a state, or what what were you giving me there? It's basically a city in a state. It's where my uh, childhood friend uh, grew up, and then he went to school with me, and then he moved back. Oh. So yeah, it's like the only Japanese city besides the ones that uh, were in World War II that I that I could name. Guy friend or girlfriend? Just a guy, just some dude that I hung out with, and we went golfing all the time and talked about how the Beatles were everywhere, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You were you were golfing? Yeah, yeah. That was all no, no Japanese bathhouses or anything like that going on. No, he came to Livonia. I didn't get to go to Japan. Yeah, I know, but sometimes he can bring some of the Japanese culture with him. And um, <laughs> we were just kids. Yeah, I don't he, know. Well, he, he did teach me how to write uh, rock and roll in Japanese. So when Loudness came to Pine Knob, the Japanese heavy metal band, I held up a big sign written in Japanese that said rock and roll. And Loudness, uh, I think it was Minoru Niihara, said, This one for you guys with rock and roll sign. And then they broke into rock and roll gypsy, and they just killed it, man. Was that that supposed to be a Japanese accent? Oh, it was supposed to be like a heavy metal guy accent. It sounded like Hitler. (laughs) You will rock! You will all rock! You you shall not rock! You (laughs) shall not rock! Rock and roll, man! That's what started it all off. Was the fact that Jews didn't like rock and roll? That's what's that's what set off Hitler in 1936. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there will be a man. His name, name will be Bill Haley. It will be Elvis, and you won't appreciate him. I've seen it. <laughs> I can just totally picture this being dubbed over that angry Hitler film clip the, that everybody dubs everything over. Uh Anyway, now that we've gotten completely off the rails before the show has even started. Um, We're on so the crazy I- train, man. Going back to metal. <laughs> Such a crazy news week. Gosh, uh, I've released some videos up at lotterwithcrowder.com. All free. You folks can go see them. Presidential prayer breakfast is first, and then Brian Williams misremembering. <laughs> they both need to be slapped something fierce. I, Brian Williams. Brian Williams. I just I find funny because it's not something that we haven't already known and discussed here on Lotto with Crowder. Um, for those of you who don't know, we'll get into it. He misremembered being under RPG fire in Iraq, where the helicopter went down. <laughs> yeah, I misremember that time that I was the bass player for Led Zeppelin too. You know, <laughs> exactly. I misremembered the time I had breast cancer. 
It was a toothache, maybe. I'm not sure. The guy is a something bag. Can you say that? I'm not. I've been in radio too long to even contemplate saying it. You know what's funny is I hear people say pissed off on the radio all the time, and that was one of the words you couldn't say. For yeah, it's very weird. You, uh, sh- you should hear what I heard uh, somebody call the president one time in the afternoon between uh, 3 and 6. Did that, it start with a P? Yeah, that was the best day ever. <laughs> I think you're allowed to say that. Well, yeah, especially if you own the joint. It was really cool. Well, speaking of which, have you seen his presidential prayer breakfast? Oh, I've uh, heard clips of it on the radio. I can't stand looking at the guy. Okay. Well, you know, I can bring up some clips for you here uh, as long as we can hear it. So I want to see if the listener can hear it. If not, I'll have to send it over to you to hear it. But um, let me see here. Is this is that coming through the pot? I'm not hearing anything coming All right, from never your mind. Computer. Okay, let me just read you the quotes from Barack Obama Prayer Breakfast. We did a clip-by-clip clip, uh, debunking there at louderwithcrowder.com. Uh, so he talks about ISIL. I love that sleight of hand, don't you? It's not ISIS, it's ISIL. He's the only one calling it ISIL. Well, he and his cronies. Well, he, but it's just one of those things. I don't understand why they're allowed to do that with no one else can we sit down and go, uh, you know, uh, this uh, this desk I'm working, it's like an oak color. No, it's blue. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's, it's an oak color. It's wood right here. You know, you can hear this. It's wood. It's No, it's blue. We're, we're going to call it blue. You're an ass. What are you calling it blue? It's oak. Because I can't. It, but it's not. It's because oak. I got my pen. <laughs> You're going to be audited. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. That's how it works in this country. Oh, I have to call it blue or I get audited. <laughs> it's, it's ISIL. It's not ISIS, it's ISIL. Which, by the way, the real reason is it's used to mitigate the actual evil of Islam with the ISIL as opposed to ISIS and the well, abbreviations. I think it may be because people don't want to confuse it with the legendary television show about the superhero ISIS in the 70s. That lasted like a season and a half. Yeah, but it was great. I had such a crush on her cartoon no no it was a real uh it was from the people that brought you uh shazam so the same basic uh wait Sh- shazam type. the movie with Sh- shaquille o'neal where he plays a genie no shazam captain america leave you're no longer welcome at this program no it's just that you were born 20 years too late kiddo did you ever see shazam with shaquille o'neal i knew better than that i had seen steel it was <laughs> one Shaquille O'Neal movie for me was all it took. I had the video game Shaq Fu. Oh my goodness! If there's ever a more prime example of selling out than Shaq in the mid '90s, I've never seen it. I know we're gonna make a movie. It's gonna be me and zombies. What? We're gonna make a video game. It's me <laughs> and zombies. Shaq, here's a pile of money, sir. Thank you. That was pretty much every day for Shaquille O'Neal in the 90s. He must have been a lot smarter than we thought he was because he, you know ma- what? he made out like a bandit. I actually think he's a decent guy and a smart guy if you see him. He doesn't seem like a punk. He seems like a family man, and, and everyone who knows him seems to love him. Oh, Now, is he the, one, the fellow that was in uh, Space Jam? Space Jam. Here's your chance to your dance at the Space Jam. Hooray. Was that, was that Shaq, too? 
It was. Yeah, that was one of Joe's favorite. No, movies no, that was Michael did. Jordan. You're just a racist. You think all black basketball players are the same? It's. The, I thought maybe it was Bill Lambeer, so it's just basketball players. It's not actually the skin. Was that Wilt Chamberlain? <laughs> I'm fun dap. I'm an idiot. I can't tell one sports figure from another. Yeah, let's just go with sports figure. That's what you can't <laughs> tell apart. So Barack Obama's at the prayer breakfast. And then we'll, we'll we'll take this to the top of the break, and then go to Brian Williams because we'll have we'll have that clip primed and ready. I just can't I can't stop laughing at it. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. So Barack Obama at the prayer breakfast said, uh, you know, ISIL are committing acts of of uh, barbarism in the name of of religion, and then he said, lest we get on our high horse. Some atrocities have been committed in the name of Christianity. We'll bring the quotes up here, and you can see them at LadderWithCredit.com so people don't say I'm misquoting him. Um, my main point is this. Lest you get on your... We're talking about ISIS, right, President Obama? Get on your high horse. Everybody, whole world, please do get on your high horse. Jeffrey Dahmer, the Manson family could get on their high horse when it comes to ISIS. Only one who couldn't would be Justin Bieber. Good point. Fair point. I believe that's a fair point. Justin Bieber notwithstanding, <laughs> everybody get on your high horse with ISIS. If, if you can't get on a high horse, on a moral high horse with ISIS, you can't. You know, we've, we've acted as though this, this term, right, moral high horse is a bad thing. Because it's judge because it's judgmental. It's not a bad thing. It's just a largely inappropriate thing to do with most people. But it's not inappropriate. It is entirely appropriate to get on your moral high horse with ISIS. Yeah, because they're a bunch of jerks, and that's putting they're, it mildly. Well, and then he compares it to, to to try and create this false moral equivalency with Christianity. Um. Some Christians don't support gay marriage. We've talked about this, and some people think that's bad. Okay, there are even some, granted, who might even support Chick-fil-A. Okay, they don't chop off the heads of girls and rape women in the streets. Yeah, Chick-fil-A means something completely different. Wow. I wouldn't have gone there, but you did. People can see you, just so you know. They can see you on the video cast right now at Lotter with Crowder. You can't hide anymore behind the, the camera. What? <laughs> He's like doing a Denzel Washington with the criminals. What? What? Yeah, yeah. You don't like that, huh? How about you go go ahead, go get your boys, bring your, bring your homeboys, bring them over here. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm fun, dude. Okay. That's Denzel. Rep represent. That's Denzel if you were playing Fun Dip in the, in the, the biopic. All right, listen, we're going to come back and talk more about Obama's speech at the presidential prayer breakfast, give you some clips, and Brian Williams forgetting, misremembering that he was never under RPG Fire in Iraq. Letter with credit. We'll be right back. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. 
thank you so much for staying with us and being with us. You're, you're being with us. You're not just listening. You are sitting with us. We are one. Om. Om. You've never been in a yoga class in your life. I've been in a Yoda class where you learn how to, you know, play with lightsabers. Have you actually? Well, it was for Ben. They have, like, Star Wars camp in the summer where the kids all get together with lightsabers and they sing songs that have the words changed to Star Wars stuff. It's really cute. Oh, 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 crud, I forgot. Huge guest today. We forgot to tease people. Chael Sonnen's going to be on the show today. Oh, Chael, yeah. Chael Sonnen's going to come up here uh, at the half hour. Um, for those of you who don't know, UFC uh, fighter, one of the most popular athletes in the world, also a pretty strong Christian conservative. Now, here's why it's newsworthy, okay? Performance-enhancing drugs are such a big deal in sports right now. And his longtime rival, the man he fought twice and lost to twice for the title, just tested positive for two-band steroids. So that changes the historical landscape a little bit. And Chael, granted, was on performance-enhancing. He wasn't on performance-enhancing drugs. He was on performance-enhancing drugs. He wasn't on steroids. He like, was. Like herbal supplements or something? No, no. He was on actual testosterone, but it's because as a wrestler, he had an actual you know, a hormonal disorder where his body didn't produce it because of the head force trauma. So he was legally allowed to use testosterone. And then they banned testosterone outright, even under the prescription of a doctor. So that's what happened with Chael. It was basically a paperwork issue. And then afterwards, once they banned it, he fully admits, he's like, once they banned it, I did. I tried to get on other things to get around the system because I needed this. It's like telling a diabetic you can't have insulin, you know? Yeah. Uh, but when he used it, his testosterone, what it was was, you know, if a normal level is, let's say, five to 800, he was at a 200, and so he was just taking it under a doc doctor to get up to, you know, anywhere between five and 800. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to take cabergoline because I have a prolactinoma, and the testosterone gets low because of the prolactinoma. But I yeah, don't exactly. like how angry I feel when I take my medicine, so I don't take it. Well, if you're, if you're a pro fighter, it... Uh, you have not, to. Yeah, yeah, you got to be yeah. a little bit angry. Well, there you go. So you understand. That's not the same as taking steroids, but everyone just hears testosterone. They go, he's taking steroids. And I, I said, actually... He's the one guy you know is not taking steroids because he has to be tested every week. Oh, yeah. In competition. So, he's so yeah, he is taking testosterone, but he can't have an unfair advantage. He's leveling the playing field, whereas his Anderson Silva, who he fought, now tested positive for two illegal steroids, the kind of steroids that you could only get on the street. Yeah. So... Very interesting guest. He'll be talking not only about that, we'll be talking about abortion, him becoming a father, uh, and performance-enhancing drugs in sports in general. So for those of you who get mad because it's, you know, only about politics in your life, you need a, you need a more fun life. So enjoy a guest who isn't, uh, you know, he's not your Newt Gingrich. He's not your Karl Rove. He's none of that. He's an interesting conservative who happens to have a massive amount of influence in the culture, and we're fortunate enough for him to be friends to the show. Um, speaking about someone who has a massive amount of influence over the culture, there's Brian Williams character. Have you all heard of this Brian Williams character? Yeah, he's small potatoes. Drake texted us and said Hillary Clinton misremembered Bosnia, and she might yeah. very well be president. Yeah, I know. I remember that too. Well, we everyone else misremembered. Misremembered. God, use your words, fun dip. I haven't had my coffee yet. No. 
that's horrible that you're that dependent on a drug. Well, yeah, but I mean, at least it's prescription. <laughs> coffee is prescription. Yeah, yeah. Coffee. My endocrinologist says you need to take at least a pot of coffee every morning when you're going to be on the radio. Good for him. Good guy. It's a woman. Okay. You sexist, you. So Brian Williams claimed for a long time in Iraq that he was in a helicopter in 2003 under RPG fire that it went down. He basically portrayed Black Hawk down for a lot of people. And people, Jared, have you not been recording this? I don't know what his deal is. My my other producer in here is just, he's going to be fired promptly. So Brian Williams told everyone in 2003 he was under RPG fire in a helicopter that it went down. You know, you're picturing Josh Hartnett, Black Hawk down, right? This brave reporter put his life just like in every Hollywood film. The reporter just trying to get the truth story. He's trying to get the truth. Well, here's the real truth. It never happened. Fun dip. Can we roll that clip? Yeah, let's see. We've got him here. Um, where'd the mouse go? Oh, good Lord. I'm so, oh, I'm serious. There it is. Just On run this it. broadcast last week in an effort to honor and thank a veteran. Are who you still fooling around with it? So many others. After a ground fire incident in the desert during the Iraq war invasion, I made a mistake in recalling the events of 12 years ago. It did not take long to hear from some brave men and women in the air crews who were also in that desert. I want to apologize. I said I was traveling in an aircraft that was hit by RPG fire. I was instead in a following aircraft. We all landed after the ground fire incident and spent two harrowing nights in a sandstorm in the Iraq desert. This was a bungled attempt by me to thank one special veteran and by extension, our brave military men and women, veterans everywhere, those who have served while I did not, I hope they know they have my greatest respect and also now my apology. Okay. <laughs> he lied during the apology. Uh, yeah, he said he stayed two nights, right? Yeah, he totally didn't. He didn't even stay two nights. <laughs> I what was is... dying when I heard oh. that. First off, there's something crooked about that man's face. He looks like the postman who's telling the story and Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, yeah. It's it's very simple the way you think about it. If your newsman is on TV, don't trust him. <laughs> if he's on the radio, trust him. <laughs> I can't believe. I, well, here's the thing. I actually can believe it. It's not really one of those things about which I have to get outraged because it's something I knew about Brian Williams from the day he visited the White House. And he, I mean, I don't want to say that Brian Williams is, you know, in love with Barack Obama or even that he wants to be his girlfriend. But I remember hearing the president mutter under his breath during that White House tour, Brian, if, if you love me, you'll go all the way. And I was like, what? That's an president. You shouldn't be saying that to a reporter. He flat out lied and claim to misremember it. How do you misremember being attacked in war? It's one of those things that is just, he doesn't even apologize in the right way. I misremembered? No, you lied about it. I think I have cancer. Maybe it's a toothache. One can never be sure. I'm a
All right, I am thrilled to have this uh, guest here on today. He's been on the show before, but uh, good man, podcaster extraordinaire, uh, UFC megastar, now a commentator for ESPN, and soon-to-be father, Chael Sonnen. Thank you for, for joining the show, sir. I wouldn't miss it, buddy. How are you? I am doing well. And so are you, it seems. Are you, are, you, are you happy right now? You've gone through some life transitions. You know, you were, you were tired from fighting. You're going to be a dad. You're sw- you've switched over to ESPN. Are you, are you happy? You know, I, I, I'm definitely uh, largely happy all the time, but another characteristic that I would describe myself as is, is tired. I, I'm very fatigued, and you talk about the ESPN on East Coast versus West Coast. I, I, with the travel, I'm constantly in different time changes. Uh, and I just find myself to be tired. I wish I could have a little bit more sleep. Well, why don't you just take a sip of that coffee, get, get some product placement going? I'm holding one right now. I, w- I was trying not to since, since we were on your show, but uh, I, I might have to sneak a, sli- a sip in or two here. Yeah, you know, nobody cares. You could, uh, you could pull a John Jones and, and, and pull out a line there, and no one would even judge you for it. So <laughs> before we get into, obviously, the PEDs that are in sports, and for the audience out there who, who might not necessarily be familiar with you, you know, you're, you're, you are UFC megastar, one of the biggest draws ever, uh, a sports commentator. But a lot of people don't realize you've also been outspoken as a conservative and, and ran for office. Um, how, big, uh, how big of a defining factor is your worldview, you know, your faith and your politics for Chael P. Sonnen? Well, I mean, that's just who I am. I think anybody that would answer that, you know, what, what do you believe in and, and what are your, your, your principles? I mean, that is, who, that is who you are. So, you know, I, I, I'm a Catholic by, by religion. I'm a, I'm a conservative by choice. Uh, I don't apologize for either. And one thing that I am proud about, though, Stephen, is I, I have reasons for believing what I believe. When when I was young, you, you know, you kind of grew up and just believed whatever you were told, whether that was about the monster in the closet or or whatever it may be. But as I got a little bit older, I, I did my own research, and I, I'm comfortable with the decisions that I've made. And uh, I don't fault anybody that has a different opinion than me, Or but I would encourage people to at least do a little research. Don't just always go off of what you were told in school or, or even what you were told by your parents. Look into something and, and, and figure out what you believe. You're a gentleman because, see, I do fault anyone who has an opinion different than my own. Um, you are going to be a father, right? You're, how, how far along is your, uh, your missus now? Yeah, you know, she, I, I consider myself a father already. The, the, the baby, unfortunately, isn't here yet. I, I can't wait for the little monster to arrive. But uh, uh, the lovely Miss Brittany is exactly uh, five months and one week. And I always get confused because these pregnancy things go in week, uh, 26 weeks, 20, and then somebody's got to get out his calculator and, and do some shorthand. Five months and one week, so about another four months uh, to go. And, um, Knight, we were just talking about yesterday, before we got you here on the program, how you looked at the ultrasound. And you said something, you may not remember, but firstly, how impactful was that for you to look at you know, a beating heart and seeing that for the first time as a first-time dad? You know, it's such a cool process, and it's a little bit annoying for anybody that hasn't been through This is my first time, and I can tell you it's always kind of annoying. Somebody's telling you about it or, or however, but they'll also tell you when you go through it, you'll know what we mean, and, and it really is true. Ultrasound technology, Stephen, has been around for a long time, but this is my first time. I, I don't know about it. I've right. never been in the room and, and, and seen him do it and, and, and see the baby move and open his hand and, and just do all these things and be a little person, so... Uh, I mean, it's a cool experience. It's 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 emotional. It's life changing. It's, it's all those things that you hear. It's I, I'm not immune to any of it. Well, let me ask you this: a lot of people have said this, and you obviously already were. Has it made you more pro life? Has it reinforced your view there? 
Yeah, it, it absolutely has. You know, I was pro-life to start with, uh, but here's the argument on pro-life. You, you, you either argue that it's a child or it's not. Right. If, it, if, if it is a life, then we all understand you must protect it. But when you end up in a debate with somebody with a different opinion, that's the stance they take. They'll always say, well, it's not a life. If you ever have an ultrasound, it, it really defeats that argument. It's very clearly a life. It's moving and kicking, and, the, and they'll, they'll show you right there. There's the lungs. There's the heart. Right. There's his ears. I mean, there's no way around that. Uh yeah, you know, if you, if you go through an ultrasound process and you actually see it, because there's people, you know, you'll hear the term ignorant. He's ignorant on any topic. The reality is, yes, people are sometimes, yeah, we don't know. We don't know until we know. We shouldn't insult somebody for not knowing. Take right. the time and, and tell them and teach them something. But if you go through an ultrasound and you come away and say that's not a life, man, that's just a silly thing to say. It For sure it is. Yeah, well, if you come across, you know, quotes from Elizabeth Warren or Wendy Davis, they want to not only be able to end the life a couple of weeks up, but after that ultrasound that you've even seen. I mean, that's what's so crazy. We're not just talking about, even, even though it wouldn't make it right, you know, we're not just talking about a little blob of cells. We're talking about, like what you said, you know, fingernails and, and, and even a personality. I'm sure now, has, has Brittany noticed a personality with this baby yet? Is it a little more antsy? Is it relaxed, kicking a lot? You know, he, he, he kicks a lot uh, in the morning and the night, and she likes to tell me he's kicking, and, and I, I, I tell her to change her verbiage that we're going to say he's practicing. He likes to do two-a-days, and he, he's training in the morning and he's training in the evening. So, you know, she'll do that sometimes. She'll, she'll come up and grab my hand and put it on her stomach and say, he's practicing. Would, but, you want, uh, uh, would you want your boy to be a professional fighter following your footsteps, or would you discourage him from that? No, I, I would love it if he got into something like that. But, um, you know, whatever whatever he wants to do is fine with me. I, he's not going to be forced into anything. But I think sports are important on any level. Or, or really, here's the one thing I don't like for young men. Even even okay. guys I coach or mentor work You've got with. one minute. The biggest problem for young men, Stephen, in our society, period. Race, anything, socioeconomic, doesn't matter. The biggest problem that young men have is free time. We cannot let a kid come home from school and have nothing to do for seven hours until bedtime. We've got to occupy their minds and their bodies somehow. Uh, yeah, and I would even argue that the best person to help fill that free time, of course, would also be a father. We have a really big problem with fatherless homes in the country, uh, whether just com a completely absent father or a father who refused to put a ring on, uh, on mommy's finger um, so he can uh, you know, hit, hit the nightclubs and, and, and bump a line. Uh, you're right. A lot of free time is a problem. And you coach, right? You coach out there in Oregon. We've got to go to a break here, but uh, you coach kids and help a lot of impoverished youth. Yeah, that's right. Well, I coach a kids wrestling team, which, you know, to speak to the impart, it's, it's, it's not a rich man's sport. But we do two things. One, we teach them a skill. And two, we send them home tired. Well, very nice. And we'll be back to talk about PEDs in sports at the top of the news. Uh, a lot with Crowder. Stay tuned. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. Our next guest, I am excited. Uh, he's been a friend of the show for a while, and we booked him before this news broke today. 
Uh, now everyone wants him. But uh, UFC superstar, ESPN commentator, podcaster extraordinaire, Chael P. Sonnen. Thank you for being here, sir. Wouldn't miss it, brother. How are you? I am doing well. We were just talking about before the break our back problems, so that's always an issue. But aside from that, you know, it's a day above ground. It's a, it's a big pain sometimes to, uh, to, to sit too long, but uh, we will manage through. Do you have actual, like, disc issues in your back from fighting for so many years? You know, I don't have any disc issues, but I was in a, I was in a wreck. I was sitting in traffic a number of years ago, and I got rear-ended by a fully lo- uh, loaded gravel truck with a fully loaded trailer. Good I Lord. was the first one hit it, it mounted into a five-car pileup. I hit the guy in front of me, hit the car, you know, the domino effect. And it's just kind of always been a a, a little bit off uh, since then. Yeah, a little bit off will happen with a truck full of concrete going into you. You're fortunate. I saw it coming at me, too. I was, I was at an absolute stop, but I saw it in my rear view. I was going, uh-oh, boom, got got hit. Jeez, well, hopefully you recover. Yeah, I've got a couple of herniated discs and all that. That's the problem. You know, the thing is, obviously, I'm not a pro athlete, but I've done grappling, submission wrestling for years, you know. And it's a great sport to take part in. It does keep you active. It gives you something to get up for. But it does not lend itself to longevity. It really doesn't. Especially at, you know, what are you walking around, 220? It's about what I am. It's, it's a different game than a, than a featherweight. You're right. You're right. And, and, you know, it seems like with each year, it's almost to the day of my birthday, three more pounds, three more pounds. And three pounds may not sound like a lot, but the years go quickly, and, the, and, and it adds up. And if you're talking about back pain, weight matters. Yeah, well, LeBron just lost a few pounds, I think, uh, twenty or so, because he said that he didn't like the 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 you know the impact from the joints, and he's only playing a you know a girly sport like basketball. So I can imagine when you're actually in there fighting a guy. Well, there it is, right there. Yeah, you had a little tiff with LeBron not long ago, I remember, but then you said he made up for it. We made up for it. He he made it he made it right, and I and I accept his apology. Was it, what was it that he said? Didn't he say something to your uh, your missus? Well, to, to, to initiate the whole thing, yes, but to uh, for the apology, if you, if you want to call it that, it was it was actually he helped out a friend of mine that he had no idea was a, friend, a completely random act of kindness uh, that he did for somebody in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. Was a very good friend of mine named Paige, and uh, it, they say it's the thought that counts. He actually tried to, to to help her out with a room key because she had lost her ID, and he went as far as, as to to offer three bribes. Uh, to the front desk, put the cash down and everything. The bribes were rejected. She never got the room key, but it's back to the, uh, you know, it's the thought that counts, and and for, for his uh, good heart, he's forgiven. Okay. So we're not going to get into what he actually said to get you angry in the first place. We are not. Okay. We are uh, not. All right. Uh, let's go, obviously, right now. This is the top deal in the news. So, again, we, we spoke with Chael. We got you on the show before then, but your longtime rival, Anderson Silva, and you're a gentleman. I, you don't need to play the gentleman card. It's not, there are not enough people listening here. Just tested positive now for two uh, banned steroids. Uh, what do you make of that? There's a lot of speculation going on. What, what was your initial reaction when you heard it? Well, just to put it in perspective for everybody that, that maybe doesn't follow uh, the news on Anderson, as you're speaking of, but we're about 12 hours into this whole thing. So my opinion and your opinion, and we, we need to reserve the right to change our opinion when we're confronted with uh, new evidence, which is certainly going to happen as this thing uh, continues on. But, you know, look, there's there's two sides to this here. There's there's two parts of it, at least. First off, and again, I, I, quick timeline for everybody. Anderson Silva had what's known as a compound fracture in his leg. Right. His leg snapped, meaning the bone had a clean break in half. The only thing that kept 
his shin and his foot connected to his body was his skin. Right. And as graphic as that sounds, it's very relevant to this. Now, Anderson has an obligation, a moral obligation to himself to put his health first. He needs to do whatever he can to repair that leg. I think we, we can all stipulate to that, whether it's free market or black market, if it helps his leg, even if he's got a lean on science, good for him. Okay. Full pass. However, there, the second part of it is sport. There are rules within the sport, and they have to be followed no matter what. It's real black and white, and you don't, you don't often get to come to the table and go, well, yeah, but there, there is a reason for that. You don't get to do that. Right. It sounds as though he took something that's banned. It sounds as though it's an illegal steroid, and he's going to have to answer for that. So it's a little bit of a two-part thing. Well, I hold on one second. Go ahead. Because you just mentioned something that you and I have talked about. I've heard you mention before a lot of people don't understand, right? And we'll get into the fact because a lot of people will say, well, Chael can't compliment on this. He's a hypocrite. And we'll, we'll get into that. But difference between a banned substance and an illegal steroid. What he was taking, to the best of my understanding, at least one of those substances, was an illegal steroid. Uh, am, am I right, wrong, and, and what's the difference? According to what he's accused of, uh, yes, he had, I, I believe it was two things in his system. I believe they are both illegal steroids, to my understanding. In, in America, he came from South America. Again, there could be some conversation on laws there, but by our standards and my understanding, yes, that's correct. Well, over there, it's, you know. I got some back pain. Here's some steroids in Brazil. We it is a little bit more free reign. That, that's, that's a true statement. I don't actually know what the specific laws on this are, but it, it is true that, that their regular bodies are a lot looser than ours. Well, both in the literal and the figurative sense. I've trained with enough Brazilians to see them coming in with six packs and veins, reptilian year round, so they can walk, you know, Coca Cabana in a Speedo. They're not, they're not uh, even the guys who aren't athletes. So, all right, yeah, you know, Chael's a commentator at ESPN. He has to reserve judgment. But I'll, I'll do it. I'll indict an entire nation of people as steroid users. Um, so, listen, a lot of people will say, okay, well, Chael, this is hypocritical because you left the sport under a cloud, right? You tested positive um, for banned substances. What, what, what do you say to those people? I know you veered right into this, right? You said that's the only way to handle it. But the substances that you had taken testosterone you were cleared you were under a doctor and then it was then it was banned right and then you tested positive for other substances um did you only take those to get off trt or had you been on those for a longer amount of time and, and were those illegal steroids or just banned substances well i've never i've never taken any illegal steroids or even been accused of that okay everything i took uh was accurate i, I was never falsely accused i took everything uh, that I that they suggested I took, and frankly, more over the years. You know, I I don't even know if I ever went to my doctor. My litmus test has never been to cross-reference that advice with an athletic commission. If my doctor uh, prescribed it to me, I, that was it, and I slept fine at night. I never even had a, a bad conscience about it. Uh, but that doesn't mean it wasn't against the rules, and and that is a confusion. You'll hear the term somebody took an, an illegal uh, substance. What most people will believe is you're talking about illegal by the law standards. No, illegal can be perfectly legal. It just can be against the rules of the sport, and each commission can set up their own rules. So keeping track of it can be very complicated. Now, that wasn't what happened in my case. In my case, I knew full well I couldn't take it. I just right. thought I could have both sides of it. I can, I, I can make myself feel better, and I can compete. I can get out of my system on time. 
That's a flawed logic, and I'm not arguing that. I'm just speaking to the point that guys do get confused in it. A right. reasonable person is going to believe if it's legal, I, I'm allowed to take it. They're also going to believe it's if it's illegal, I can't take it. And what we're finding out through this process is that's not true either. There's some absolutely imprisonable criminal substances that oddly are allowed per the sport with some of these athletic commissions. And there's also perfectly legal things over the counter as, as minor as uh, Tylenol where people have lost Olympic gold medals over. Right, that's true. Well, even caffeine, I understand, in the Olympic, uh, by the Olympic Committee, there's a limit. And I think it's about two, two cups of coffee, right, is considered a banned substance, anything more than that. That's right. I, I believe the way I heard it was two shots of espresso, but coffee would also be a fair statement. Uh, oh, my gosh. Good, yeah, two shots of espresso. That, you, have a, you have a venti at Starbucks. You're, you're pissing hot. Well, which I do every morning. I'm at the coffee house. I, I'm holding it right now as we're doing this interview. I'm at the coffee house every morning at 6 a.m. when they open up. The good news on caffeine is it gets out of your system in about 15 minutes. I don't think I've ever heard or any of your viewers have heard of somebody testing positive. However, if a, a random test were to come within that 15-minute window, they could have their license pulled over caffeine. That, that's an accurate statement. Straight up, do you, um, does it still bother you at all, what the things people say or when you left the sport and that controversy happened? Yeah, you know, I never felt good about it. Here's one thing that happens is human nature. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever you're in the hot spot, whenever you're caught in some red tape and you're wrong, yeah. you feel it. There's also a relief to being accurately accused. You know, the guys I feel bad for, the guys that are falsely accused. I wasn't in that spot, man. I was guilty. And it brought me shame. You know, whenever you have shame, it's very hard to come clean. Right. Even, even when you want to come clean— it should, you're, 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 there's an internal battle that goes on, and it takes a little bit to get there. You know, uh, to bring it back to the Anderson situation, if he took these substances again, he's he not only has a right to take it, he's got an obligation to himself. If it's about curing his well, life, if he's not in professional sports where he's whacking on some other guy, obviously is what people will say. But that's that's the second side of the first. Uh, you got to put health, health comes first, sport comes second, or sport comes way down the list. But health certainly comes first, right? He has the right and even an obligation to cure himself. And if he's got to lean on science for that, good for science. Good, well, good for the guys that discovered it. But, but oh, hold on, I do want to finish this thought. That doesn't okay. mean he can blend it with sport. I'm not arguing that he should be sure. able to. Well, no, that's, and, and that's a good and point. that's a situation. Yeah, I understand just, that. Um, well, let me ask you this. You know, the substance that he tested positive, first off, complete speculation. I am aware of this, but I'm asking for your opinion. Do you think Anderson was on something when you fought him? I can tell you, uh, I can tell you on the substance issues, the, the the rules get very blurred, and and I'll tell you why. They have something now called out of competition testing. Right. It, the rule used to be, and the rule when I started and came through, uh, and one of the problems I had was not adapting to the changes. But it used to just be in competition, meaning what's in your system on fight night. Time mattered. If you were to come in and go, hey, listen, I got to tell you guys, when I was in high school, I did, and then fill in the blank. They go, oh, we don't care. You go, well, bad news. When I was in college, I did it again. They go, oh, we don't care. So right off the bat, you understand time does matter. There is a time period of which all is forgiven. Right. The confusion has come in, what is that time period? And I accept that these are the rules and we must operate within them. I do believe there's a conversation to be had 
that you can't just ban all medication from a person. A person does well, hold not on have one second, one second. between to health do, and sport. I hate to do this, but the question was, do you believe, do you think, if someone holds a gun to your head, do you think Anderson had used before, or do you think this is a one-time deal? When you fought him, do you think he was on something, if you have to guess? I can't answer with a yes or no, Stephen, because okay. here's why. Here's why. The, if, the, if you're saying that a guy never took a banned substance in his life, that's a silly statement, particularly right. in the context that you and I just established, that Tylenol, caffeine, ibuprofen, these things are all banned substances. But what so about these substances that he was taking? Those, you know, I really don't know, man. Okay. I, I can tell you this on Anderson Silva. The human body doesn't get better with age. Right. That's reality. We, we start to decline as humans and particularly as athletes right around 25 years old. If you're real lucky, you might push that to 27 or 28. The good news is science and medicine have come along and decided the world does not belong to 18 to 25-year-olds, but that you can extend your career right. beyond that. So if you're asking me if he took something, there's two tests that you take, Stephen. The first, the first test is not... All right. The urine drug test. The first test is the visual. When a guy takes his T-shirt off and gets into the ring or steps on the scale, you look at him. If a guy got better with time, you can't do that on your own. Anderson Silva's body doesn't appear to have changed at all. So a reasonable person would conclude that whatever he was on now, he was on before. But there's no evidence to support that. No, I get it. It's entirely speculation. And that's why I tried to preface it with that, to be fair, as opposed to the people on the gotcha stations. who It was facts. Jill said he fought Anderson on PEDs. Listen, we're going to go to a break here and we will be right back because I want to continue down this line and even take it to uh, John Jones. So Ladder with Crowder, we'll be right back. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham. For the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Back with Chael and We were talking before the break about PEDs and sports. Anderson Silva is obviously breaking news. But um, so we speculated a little bit there. I certainly did. One thing I will say, having read up on the drugs that Anderson did use, you know, one of those substances, if you look at it, actually one of its symptoms, one of the side effects is that it can cause overcalcification. It can actually cause bones to become weaker and more prone to breaking. Did you know that? No, I hadn't heard that. And that's where you have all of the, you know, people speculating. And again, it is speculation. You have a bunch of mouth breathers who've never hit an armbar in their life on sure dog, uh, acting like they're now medical experts or biochemists. But that is an actual side effect of that one drug that he had taken, which sort of makes it interesting. I know. Listen, you hate to ever drag someone's name through the mud. Obviously, you've had some things happen, but it is a little bit fun as the news unfolds. Let's be honest. You know, I'll tell you this about myself. I, I was asked that, too. I, as soon as you test positive for something... People will want to say it was over your, your whole career. And my response is, that's fair. That's a fair statement. If you get hit with something, it runs you all the way back in time. Right. The reality is, 
as science and medicine change, you're constantly taking new things. Are they within the rules or not? You know, I think that's all a good question. Nobody's totally clear on what these rules are. I don't think you or I knew prior to Anderson testing positive how to pronounce these substances, let alone were they allowed or not. So you kind of learn as you go, but I do think that's a fair statement. You know, I don't think a guy should, I don't think it helps a guy to ever come out and go, no, 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 this was a one time or, or I only did, or man, they just caught me on a bed. Just call it what it is, man. You took it, you got caught the end. And that, that's what happened. We'll see how Anderson handles it. But I think when somebody, at least for me, when somebody tried to say things, even if it wasn't accurate, I think I still deserve it. If you test positive and somebody wants to run that back all the way to when I right. started my career at nine years old, I don't think that guy's wrong. Everything you just said, well, my takeaway was Jail Sonnen knows how to use you or I properly. Good use of grammar there. I, yeah, I, a, a lot of people would have gone with the you and me, but that was appropriate. Fun Dip, the producer, he's, he's out right now who's on the show. He will constantly correct my grammar. There, there is a very simple on, uh, rule on how to follow that. My mother was a school teacher, so I know right. that rule, but a, but a lot of people don't. So very good. I appreciate you picking up. You want to know one that bothers me? When somebody says, I could care less. Oh, I hate that. If you could care less, that means you're not at the bottom of your care scale. Right. That means you have room to care. It's I couldn't. I right. could not care less. I'm at, I'm at the bottom of the pit on caring. The, the worst for me, um, I think that any man who goes about with the word irregardless on his lips deserve to be roasted with his own Thanksgiving turkey. Over-exaggerate. Right. It's redundant. There's no need to. Guestimate. Right. All... Yeah. Yeah. All grammatical uh, infractions far worse than steroid use. Mind you instead of remind you. I didn't really even think of that that one. That that one's an annoying one. It is. Well, I'm learning. I'm learning. See, we always learn as we need to and, get there. And as, and as the ratings of our show are, pl- are going down, <laughs> people are turning the channel. Let's let's, let's go back, it back up. So it's a little more fun. Well, not even just steroids, right? Okay, really quickly, because we don't want to spend too much time on the technical side of it. John Jones tested positive for cocaine. Um, that was a big deal. You fought John Jones. You hosted a reality show against John Jones. Okay, so we know that. But I do want to get to this because a lot of the conspiracy theorists, again, online say that you knew that. And you tweeted out, John, if you keep telling lies about me, I'm going to start telling the truth about you. And at the weigh-ins, when usually people rehydrate themselves with Pedialyte or, or Gatorade or something like that, you were drinking a can of Coke, looking him straight in the face. How long have you or, let's say, people in the sport known about this? There, there are rumors circulating that people have known for a long time this, this guy's been a, a fan of Colombian gold. I would tell you this. <laughs> Gatorade is for suckers. Pedialyte is for babies. And Coca-Cola is for gangsters. And there was absolutely no correlation other than Coca-Cola had sponsored me. And it tastes delicious. That's, uh, that's the famous Arnold line in Pumping Iron. Milk is for papers. It is. Well, milk, milk, that's not a fair statement. Milk will keep your, your bones strong. Milk's a good thing. Make sure you're drinking your milk. But, but I don't know why a grown man would drink Pedialyte. It tastes terrible, and it's for baby. There's an b- infant on the bottle. There's like a four-year-old baby on the bottle of Pedialyte, and I see these grown men sipping it. It's just weird. Well, you have to see something, though, here, Chill. I, I, I mean, I love you, but you have to, I have to point out some inconsistency with you're there drinking a Coke right next to your dietitian, Mike Dolce, who basically says you might as well be giving yourself cancer. 
what does he do when, when you do that? Or is he, is he not as, as stringent behind the scenes? Is he a little more relaxed? He was so mad, Stephen. He was, was he? so mad about that. And he told me ahead of time that that was going to make him mad. I didn't under I didn't take him as sincere. I thought it was like a joke, mad, you know, elbow up a wink wink. We had dinner after that. He didn't come to dinner. He was really? so upset with me that he said, Well, if you don't want to listen to me, there's no point in me being here. I didn't understand that he would care that much. However, now this is true. Forget the sponsorship, forget look, real talk real quick. Coca-Cola is one of the most an ice cold Coca-Cola. I could swim in it, Stephen. I yeah. could jump in a pool of Coca-Cola and be so happy. I want to put into context, I was 17 pounds overweight 22 hours before I made the weight. So I lost 17 pounds in 22 hours to explain to you my level of thirst and dehydration. I couldn't speak because my mouth didn't have any saliva. I was that de- – imagine how good an ice-cold Coca-Cola tasted right there. There's one shot in your life to enjoy a Coca-Cola that much – and I had passed it up. My previous fight was also a title fight with Anderson Silva. Dolce took my Coca-Cola away. I literally resented him for it for an entire year until I had that weigh-in again. I said, man, I can't do it. I got, I got to have a pop. There you go. Got to have a pop. I, you know, I always wondered in the Pacific Northwest if you guys said soda or pop, and you just answered my question. Back to John Jones' version of Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Hilarious segue. Well done, my I'm friend. I'm very clever. Yeah, he likes the cocaine. Listen, here's my deal with John Jones. Um, I would love him to be on the show. I don't think you know. I I don't think he knows me from the the Tom Decker Harry down the street. But you know, when you go out with the Bible versus tattooed on you, uh, and you go out and you talk about wanting to be a role model and saying, you know, I'm never going to be caught with a DUI, and then he tests positive for cocaine. Now, cocaine again. There's the differentiation between in competition. And out of competition, uh, whereas, you know, Nick Diaz tested positive for pot. He could have been fighting blitzed for all we know. Very sure. skilled, those those Diaz brothers. Uh, with John Jones, what's the real deal with him? Who is the real John Jones? That's a speculation. He's lost a lot of fans. And, and how rampant is not just PEDs? How rampant are drugs in sports? Is it more common than we think? I think for marijuana it is. Cocaine's a weird one for me. I'm, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I've never, not only have I never put my eyes on coke, I've never been offered it or around somebody that's like, hey, man, I just did. That's, for us in Oregon, that's a Hollywood thing. We only see cocaine in the movies. We, right. only, we, we only picture it, and it's everything that you see in Hollywood is what my vision of cocaine is. However, we're known here in Oregon for having good marijuana. I don't understand the marijuana argument. I, I resist it fully. The, the laws are changing and evolving, and I'm just going to have to say fine to that. But to your point, I don't know that drugs are very rampant. I know when you speak of John Jones, look, he's a young guy that stumbled into an enormous amount of success. He was a college dropout. I don't mean that as a slide to him. I mean that as more of a compliment and a guy that's still stuck with some goals and was able to turn it around, but he was caught in that period of time where you're going out and you're having fun, you're doing these types of things. And one thing about an athlete, Stephen, one of the the dark sides of an athlete is you never have to grow up. You, you get to continue to be in the locker room. Sports are a game, and, and you can talk about him being a professional all you want. Sports are for children, and they're a game, and a very select few people get to continue that into adult life, but it largely doesn't propel them 
to professionalism, it does just the opposite. It just kind of allows you to stay a kid longer. And, and I think John's having some growing pains that are getting caught in front of the world, and, and it's embarrassing. But the good news, and there really is no, no spin here, that the real good news is he got caught, man. If you're hooked on cocaine, I think we can both agree you don't want to be. Yeah, well, you know, listen, I've spent a lot of time in the media and entertainment industry, so it's not as foreign to me as it is to you. I've never touched it, but I've, I've, as a matter of fact, I've moved I've moved cities because of how rampant cocaine was in industries that would surprise people uh, to wow. get away from it. Um, that being said, I mean, the big criticism is, is, is the kid is fake about it. He went into rehab for half a day. Do you really think I'd like to see someone learn because he's possibly the best athlete ever uh, in the sport of, of mixed martial arts. It doesn't seem like he really cares that much. <laughs> Okay, listen, this is funny. This is not right. This, this is very wrong. But to pretend this isn't funny, he checked into rehab, he signed in, and he signed his ass right back out. They can't force you to stay in rehab. Yeah. They also can't disclose when you leave. There's absolute anonymity reasons to go in. So when he wants to make a statement and go, hey, I checked into rehab, he never said I stayed in rehab. He never said I completed rehab. Right. That might possibly be the funniest thing that he's <laughs> ever done. I'm not saying appropriate. I'm not giving this a pass. I'm not weighing judgment at all. But that may be the single most humorous thing. I mean, that's straight out of a movie. The dude checked in, signed his sheet, and walked back to the Bentley and drove home. That's a gangster move. Any way you look at it, that's what that is. It's not his Bentley. If you're talking about that picture, he said it wasn't his Bentley. So how dare you bring your incorrect facts to Lighter with Crowder, sir? It's just a funny story, man. And the thing with John Jones that I was – and a lot of times with John Jones, you know, it's like anybody else. All you do is talk about the bad. I don't mean to build a guy up that just went through. I'm not giving a pass for any of that. But I was around him day and night on a reality show, seven days a week. We we spent holidays together. It fell over one Halloween, which I know isn't a holiday, but it's a big day if you have kids. You don't get to see him dressed up at home. We also spent Thanksgiving together. We literally sat down. We had we had the we, John and I cut the turkey and scooped up the potatoes for everybody. The point I'm trying to make. I really got to know him, and he was an excellent guy. He was nice to people. He took time. He was generous. He was gracious. He also liked to go out at night. I understand there's two sides of him, but I do want to make sure the whole story gets told. If he was here right now, he would make you laugh. He would be a, He's a fun guy, and yeah. uh, I think he needs to mature a little bit. And, and, and I'll finish with this thought on John Jones. To your point about him being fake, and he does get called that, there's some truth to that. He has an image of who he wants to be, but he's not that guy. I think we can all relate to that. We all want to be somebody, and sometimes we fall a little short. Right. His deals with, with criticism because he's in the media. He's got certain sponsors and brands, and he believes he needs to portray a certain image. I believe not only on a personal level would he somehow be relieved and kind of out of the closet, if you will, but I also believe on a professional level, sales would do better if he just came out and said, look, I party all night. I barely ever go to the gym and I'll whip anybody's ass that wants to step in that cage with me. All three of those statements are true and they would also make him endearing. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you look at like George St. Pierre and here's one thing I will say that bothers me. And I don't say this to insult you because obviously you fought Anderson and, you know, but everyone's saying he's without a doubt the greatest of all time. Not only as a Montrealer, but George St. Pierre, when you and I had this conversation, remember, at your place in Oregon, 
with uh, McDanger Waffles was sitting right there. Uh, That's a good dog right there. That is a good dog. I've got my dog here, Hopper, in here. He's actually like uh, Ronda Rousey's dog, a doggo Argentino. Um, big, incredible athlete. If you could put him in a human, he would be like John Jones turned up to 11. It's a crazy dog. That's awesome. Super sweet. Completely. On the, right. on the other hand, Stephen, my dog is 0-7 in street fights, six against cats. <laughs> really? I'm not joking. Six <laughs> against cats and one against a horse. Wow. But he's very sweet. He means well. He does mean well. My dog hates horses. Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember what my point is. We started talking about dogs. I was saying, We're talking about George St. Pierre. Oh, okay, yes. So greatest ever is. A phrase you said. I remember right as we were prepping to shoot this, this video and legalizing MMA in New York, and we have to go in a minute and a half. You said, I've never seen an athlete like that in my life, and I know many Olympic medalists. Now, in retrospect, looking at everyone's career, don't you think someone could argue that the guy who left undefeated never uh, tested hot, uh, was a great ambassador to the sport, highest pay-per-view draw. Wouldn't you have to give it to St. Pierre at this point until maybe Jones passes him by? I don't think there is any argument. It definitely goes, it definitely goes to George St. Pierre and George St. Pierre was ranked number one in the world pound for pound. There was a press conference done uh, and they said, no, Anderson's the best. And, and, And our president Dana White made this whole argument. And that is his opinion. But the entire media then shifted. They dropped George from one to two. They left Anderson from four to one. Anderson's a fantastic fighter. This isn't a commentary on him. But if you want to talk about the greats, I fought Anderson twice. I've worked out with St. Pierre. I'm just calling it like it is. It's George. Okay, final thought here. Uh, If you were to have fought George St. Pierre, both of you in your prime, speculate. How how do you think that would have gone? Do you think, because he's a lot smaller than you, do you think it would have been close? Well, I'll tell you this. I worked out with George St. Pierre, uh, and it was competitive and close, but George got the best of me. Um, He was as strong as an ox. It was shocking to feel his grip. I remember when he would grab a hold of me, it was like being caught in a vice grip. He was also a lot quicker than me because of that size factor, and uh, and it was enough to upset me. I remember driving home in my car that night thinking, I I need to get my hands on this guy again. I I can beat him. I can beat him. Uh, but if you want the reality of, of our one private workout that, that only Kenny Florian was witness to, uh, I will admit wow. uh, St. Pierre was impressive. And you know what? What would have been so, I imagine, even harder to take about that is he would have been so nice with, hey, child, don't worry about it. It's going to be a, a better day for you tomorrow, you know? He did all of that, and he told me about, oh, you know, I went out last night. I did not get home till 5 in the morning. I'm very tired. You know, he did this whole thing, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to the shower. Yeah. Now, we were close. You know, he paid me some compliments afterwards, too. But, you know, if, we, if we, I was to be fair about it, uh, man, George, George was the victor that day. If I'm being fair about it, you just made George St. Pierre sound like the Iron Sheik. I've only got one accent, man. It doesn't matter what what the nationality or ethnicity I'm attempting to do. It, I could be doing you. It comes out the same way. Yeah. Well, we, we should phrase that differently next time. But uh, before we go, uh, podcaster extraordinaire, uh, obviously commentator for ESPN, noted conservative, good man. Uh, where can people best find you? They can find me on Twitter. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm on Twitter constantly. Uh, Sun and C-H. Thank you very much, Chael, and uh, look forward to having you back, brother. Happy to help. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham.
You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. Bring in the funk. Bring in the funk on Friday. One of these days, I'm going to bring my bass in here, and I'm going to jam in the morning with you. And one of these days, I'll hire you so I can fire you. Hey, I'm Irish. You have to sell me. This is true. I think, what what would you go for? Two bags of potatoes? I I think uh, five cans of turpentine was what an Irish slave was worth. Is that actual? Are you just making that up, or is it an actual thing? No, I, I'm reading a book on Irish slavery, and I, and the the most recent page said that at one point you could get an Irish slave for five cans of turpentine. Wow, that's awful. That's like the opposite of those commercials for less than the price of a cup of coffee. You can <laughs> save this child's life for less than the trip to a hardware store. You can own an Irishman. Oh, this is BS over here. Yes, I'm worth more than turpentine. I could peel your potatoes all darn day. Oh, or man. just sell at least a gallon of milk or some magic beans or some... I don't know if you can say... Magic beans. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of it. There's a beanstalk growing right out back. All right. So, before we go to the break, we'll come back and talk about Obama's presidential prayer breakfast. I did want to put a story on your radar. It's here at BuzzFeed. You can follow me. I'll tweet it out at S. Crowder. Um, Wife files for divorce after dad refuses to give up newborn with Down syndrome. So a dad, it ties into what Chael was talking about. Dad saw the ultrasound and said, oh, my gosh, this child is beautiful. He's perfect, and, and I'm absolutely keeping him. She told him that if the dad kept him, she would get a divorce, and that's what's happened. Where have we gone in this country? And why doesn't a father have rights? It's my body. It's my right to choose. That father wants to support the life he helped create, you sick floozy. Be back after the break. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. We are dancing this Friday morning in our hearts, in our spirits, 
and Oliver Brian Williams' head. Just doing the doing the river dance right in his skull. I can just visualize that. <laughs> Making his already freaky, asymmetrical, melting candle-looking face even worse. He kind of looks like Lumiere, the, uh, the candle holder. You overgrown pocket watch! <laughs> he does! We need that. We need a side-by-side of Brian Williams and Lumiere. Jared, get on it. <laughs> Lumiere. Oh, that was back when it was okay to have stereotypes of an entire nation of people like the French. Yeah, yeah. The good old days. <laughs> um, I want to make this announcement. I think I'm, I think I'm gay. I think. We knew that. Because I was drinking coffee, and then this is Olong tea. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you also probably just bought a Subaru, uh, a Subaru Outback, didn't you? You know what's funny is my other pr- my video producer right in here right now. He's for those driving who- one in there. He drives a Subaru. No, here's a true story. <laughs> here's a true story. He's driving a Subaru, which, by the way, you know those commercials are Subaru four-wheel drive. He gets caught in our driveway, can't get out. <laughs> Subaru. And I mean, what did it take us, Jared? 30 minutes? A good 30 minutes to get him out. So finally, you know, we're doing that thing back and forth, pushing him to get some momentum. You're going to wreck it, the transmission like that. Well, no. I'll I tell you what we did, Rex. So I'm pushing back and forth, right? And I'm going, okay, you know, forward, back, forward. The tires are spinning. If I go back and I feel it starting to, starting to break. So I'm like, okay forward and i push with all my might the problem is with these little japanese subarus the back the tr- the back where you would push is so round it's like a jetson's car and so what happened is as i'm pushing my palm slides flings off and literally breaks the spoiler off the car <laughs> i hear crack <laughs> what a moron <laughs> and first thing i'm thinking is what a cheap – how does a spoiler – like, I'm a relatively athletic guy, but I shouldn't be able to just snap a spoiler off like Samson with pillars. Just <laughs> <laughs> crack. And then I hear – the tires slow down. I just see Jared's head pop out. <laughs> Everything okay back there? Did you just bust off my spoiler on my station wagon? But that's the best thing about old cars. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. When you get – like, someone dents your old car – they're in a new Escalade. I had it had it happen with my Taurus. Lady comes up. I'm so sorry. I'm not. Like, did you look at my car? I'm taking this check. I'm going to the mall. <laughs> I'm not fixing that dent. What are you crazy? Yeah, the, de- put- <laughs> the dents in an old car are stories you get to tell people. Yeah, I'm taking that four or five hundred bucks that we get from insurance, and I'm gonna go buy a coffee grinder. I'm not even going to claim it. That's just wrong. If you're not going to fix the car with it, don't take the check. I was joking, Fun Dip. <laughs> but don't... that sounded so much like something a Democrat would do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disappointed in that phrase. First off, there was more than one phrase. There was a paragraph. Well, the whole thing, it just really was like, Stephen would do that? I'm so just... <laughs> I'm taking his dog away. He's a bad man. We've got actually for people who are watching at louderwithcrowder.com, we've got the hopper cam going now. Oh, in studio. Sweet. Yeah. Pretty much nothing happens. He's in the fetus pos- fetal position the entire show. 
He actually, and we'll get back here in a second to the presidential prayer breakfast. Hopper, it's funny, you know, he's not like the biggest fan of kids who are rambunctious. He's never, never aggressive, but he just, you, like, he wants to be pet by everyone except for kids who are he's just like, nah. He can just tell they're a little bit unstable. You know, I think, I think one of them might have broken his leg because he always protects it. But then for the first time yesterday, some kid's walking home from school. I'm getting him for, a, taking him for a walk out in this freezing cold. And he just charges at this little girl. I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, this is a recall moment. Rambo, he's having flashbacks. And he's trying. What happened is these kids now, they have these like little reflector things hanging from their backpacks. Kind of like we used to have on Halloween. Remember, you have to put them on your costume. It's like, I'm Batman with a giant orange stripe. Oh, like how, how Bev wanted to put the reflective jacket over, yes, over exactly. Adam when he was a Rubik's Cube on the Goldbergs. Exactly. Well, this girl had a bunch of these things like dangling and dragging through the snow. They were like fluorescent, you know, highlight colored. And Hopper <laughs> lunged because he's trying to nip at those things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she Did it freak to- the girl out? <laughs> this 90-something pound. Looks like the White Lion. Remember that old uh, cartoon? Kimba? Yeah, Kimba. Looks like Kimba. He has that deep soul growl, you know, like he should be he should be touring with Aretha. And she, <laughs> she's ah! the and then, very and white of dogs. Yeah. And then he, he sees her and he kind of and just leaves. Like, okay, I'm not interested in this. I didn't expect this reaction. So he didn't even know it was attached to a human. He just <laughs> saw these reflecting things dangly. Um Speaking of inhuman, Barack Obama's prayer breakfast speech. We got these clips ready to roll? Theoretically. One never knows with this particular computer, but it looks like it's ready. All right. Let's let's roll these clips, and we'll, we'll dissect it for you line by line. Okay. I've clicked play, and that particular went there. Oh, it's got the darn commercial again. And I went past the commercial. It's got another one. But, hey, it does look like a good show. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, I really want to see this thing. It's Walking Dead. It looks kind of good. This place is a nightmare. <laughs> there we go. I want to offer a, a special welcome to a good friend, uh, His Holiness, uh, the Dalai Lama, who is a powerful example of what it means to practice. A holiness. And who inspires us to speak up for the freedom and dignity of all human beings. We see faith driving us. Uh, skip forward about 30 right. seconds. Okay, let's see if we can do this here. It's at 25 now, so try about right here. But we also see the weapon. From a school in Pakistan, Pakistan. to the streets Pakistan. of Paris, we have seen violence and terror perpetrated by those who profess to stand up for faith. He doesn't do that with anything else. He doesn't say, you know, do accents with that old Dan Martin. <laughs> We see ISIL, a brutal, vicious death cult that, in the name of religion, carries out unspeakable acts of barbarism. No, Islam. Terrorizing religious minorities like the Yazidis, subjecting women to rape. Isn't that a type of pasta? (laughs) And claiming the mantle of religious authority for such actions. Yeah, that, that guy's crazy, man. Well, he went on to say, lest you, if you go forward, he says, just a little bit, he says, lest you get on your high horse. Yeah, I saw that in the clip that you posted. Now, this is going to another uh, 
break. Let's go into another commercial right in the middle of the president's just, speech. That's one of those. Just close it. That's one of those awful, awful conservative sites that just runs ad after ad after ad before videos. It's just, you know, and at LiderWithCrowder.com, we have quite a few ads. I'm trying to scale back and, and make room for only sponsors. If you're listening, you know, we do a lot of traffic on the site. The problem is Google random ads. You just you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's very strange. I had uh, my Danmar 111, which was one of the old, the old like tripod sites that you make when you're, <laughs> you're GeoCities Angel yeah, Fire from like 15 years ago, and all these weird ads. I'm like, I don't like that thing. I don't want that associated with pictures of my dad and me standing next to a B52. Just but weird here, stuff. Here's us at the Reagan Presidential Library. Right below BigWetAsses.com. <laughs> it's an advertisement. Yes, if you need donkeys, you can get them here. It's just, it's just, uh, and conservatives are the worst offenders. You cannot go to so many conservative websites now without just pop-up after pop-up after pop-up after pop-up. Well, I don't think it's so much that conservative websites are worse than liberal websites. It's just... We want to go to them more. I imagine that the people who are going to the no, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're they're worse. Oh man, that's a drag. I thought it was just because we go there more frequently. No, it's because conservatives want to make more revenue. There are, you know, I will say this. I am a complete free enterpriser, but I also I'm not a big fan of you know consumeristic greed. I love consumeristic greed. Yeah. No, you're the walking. Watching walking picture of consumeristic greed. Yes, I am. Only with Hebrew nationals. Now, oh you're, man, I made the best capusta last night. I almost brought some in for breakfast today. What's capusta? It is that. sauerkraut and kielbasa, a little bit of salt and pepper, onions, and then on the side I had pierogies, and it now, was so good. Now, my wife and I have a disagreement there. You say kielbasa, isn't it kielbasa? Isn't that the right way? Kielbasa. No, that you're just asking what's up in Spanish. Que pasa? No, cabasa. I don't think you're supposed to pronounce the L. Well, my my Chucha Mary pronounced the L, so it's got to be right. Yeah, I guess. She's Chech? No, Chucha is uh, Polish for aunt. Oh, I thought you said my Chech Mary. Like, oh, you have a Chech. And I was like, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Cabasa was Chech. No, it's Polish. The Chech don't do anything. The Not Chech much. literally have contributed nothing. Maybe beer? Yeah, but the Germans more so. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes the Chech. Go away, Cheches. <laughs> we don't want you here. I've got no problem with anybody, really, as long as... And really, when you think about it, that's the way Except you're the supposed Chech. to... Well, I don't know. I don't know any Chech individuals. Let me go on the record here and say I hate the Chech. I hate the Chech so much that I am willing to start a march. <laughs> You are so strange. The Chech, you were not welcome in the Crowder household, you Cheches. I think it's I think it's Chechnyan, but I, I'm aware that I'm not really using it properly. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. You know why? Because you don't warrant it being used properly. What, Chech lager? I've never had a good Chech lager. Go fornicate yourselves with your Chech lagers. <laughs> what a dork. We're going to go to a break. I have to calm down with all this Chech business. Then we'll come back and talk about real news, unlike those chetches. <laughs> All right. We're, we're, 
No, I'm trying to calm down, but I can't because you're, these damn chechas. You're getting loopy, man. They're just, they're all over the place. Everywhere I go, I see a chech, a chech here, a chech there, a chech here, a chech everywhere. No more chechas. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. And we're back, and we're glad to have you, unless you're Chech. So, (laughs) I'll never understand that. That's because you've never been with a Chech the way I've been with the Cheches. Oh, I don't even want to know. That's that's the big we're going to talk about. You know, abortion, ISIS, Islam. No one's talking about the growing Chech problem (laughs) in this world. Uh, all right, so, we've got the so random. We've got the the presidential prayer breakfast going, right? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've got a clip of the president here, and he's standing at a podium, looking like Wait, a, like an idiot. Real quick, the U.S. She, uh, USC shooting. I was actually, funnily enough, tweeting. I don't know if you know this on Twitter. People can follow me at s Crowder and, and see the timeline. I was tweeting, you know, that we should be praying for the kids as a shooting happened, and someone tweeted me back from a classroom. That was on oh, lockdown, man. And uh, I said, you know, it must be. I said, you know, prayers out to these kids. I mean, it must be terrifying, heart wrenching to be in a gun free zone at this point in time. Really, not meaning a political point, but just genuine. Like, I can't imagine, you know, being unable to protect yourself. And a guy tweeted me back. Said, yeah, sure, it would be nice to have a handgun right now, but instead, I guess I'll lock myself in a classroom. Um, didn't didn't I? I don't have the update. From what I saw, it was did this. It was a suicide. Murder suicide, so he murdered one person. That's what I saw, but I I didn't have a confirmation from when I was looking at it earlier. So one person killed in a suicide. Man, such a tragedy. It really is a tragedy. But if you look at any, and we'll have this up at ladderwithquatter dot com. If you look at any mass shooting, any mass shooting in the last, uh, well, most as close to one hundred percent as you can get without being actual one hundred percent. Uh, most of them take place in gun-free zones. Think about it. Schools, churches, hospitals. The movie theater one that they had, uh, was it last theater. year? I don't know if a movie theater is a gun-free zone, is it? I think that one was. That's why he chose that one. Yeah, that one was. But I don't think that movie theaters in general are a gun-free gun free zone is what I'm saying. Here's the thing. If a movie theater is a gun-free zone, you might as well never have the right to conceal and carry. So you can conceal and carry. Okay, except for re- except for bars, I, that makes sense with alcohol. Except for restaurants, no, that's not making that. Except for malls and movie theaters and parks, and if Strip you're with clubs, you know this firsthand. I don't know this. You can't wear a piece at a strip club. I've never been to a strip club. I've never in my life been to a strip club, which is funny because I come from the city of strip clubs. Don't text me something horrible. Dan, I can see you writing. No, I'm just... See, that's the problem with fun dip. What? It's the stuff that he really doesn't want to... That he wants to say on air, but he can't say. He types to me. <laughs> if you could see our Skype conversation right now, the most profanity-laced disgustingness, he's almost like a chech. I'm a sweet, kind boy. No. Yes. You're a chech inside. I bet you if we go back in your background... We'd find some chech. Uh, my wife goes on Ancestry.com. She found 
uh, all of my Newfie ancestors, the Irish ones, the English ones, the German ones, uh, but still no Chech. Yeah. Dan Martin looked up his family tree, found out he was a sap. What? Hey, when I was born, I brought no joy. My old man said he wanted a boy. (laughs) Rodney, right. All right. Yeah, I know. Let's let's run the uh, let's run the uh, prayer breakfast and talk about this. Okay, here we go. This breakfast. It's wonderful to see so many friends and faith leaders, dignitaries. Michelle and I are truly honored to be joining you here today. Uh, I want to offer a, a special welcome to. Let's fast forward. Yeah, that's where he was in the other clip. Yeah. With distractions, large and small, we can't go. That's as loud as we can get him. That. That's fine. Jack Just get it forward by, you know, smartphones. Couple of minutes. We see sectarian war in Syria. The murder of Muslims and Christians in Nigeria. Yeah, Religious forward. war in the Senate that would have shocked Gandhiji, the person who helped to liberate that nation. But it's not unique to one group or one religion. There is a tendency. <laughs> yes, it is. In us. A sinful tendency that can pervert and distort our faith. All right. That's good. World when okay, that's him. There's a lot. You can go watch this full rebuttal at fatherwithcrowder.com, okay? Yeah. Um. First off, am I the only one who thinks it's entirely inappropriate to be saying this at a prayer breakfast? Yeah, it's really strange. It looks like it looks more like a press conference the way he's handling it. Yeah, th- he's not I, uh, sitting down eating his pancakes. You know, praise Jesus or whatever it is they do. You know. Yeah. I've. I. By the way, yeah, people out there are getting mad. Hold your hate mail. I am a. I'm, I'm a Christian. I've been pretty open about it. But I've been to like pancake. You know, church breakfasts. And you sit down and, you know, you eat your pancakes and you say a prayer and you have fellowship, you know, and you drink your coffee or whatever. It's a good time. This is him up there holding it like a press conference, sermonizing in a way that equates Christians with ISIS. He somehow tries to compare in his speech the Crusades I mean, from centuries ago to ISIS today, which, by the way, and also, of course, you know, Jim Crow laws were, were justified in the name of Christ. They weren't. They were never justified in the name of Christ. If you look, some people may have tried to pervert it, but Jesus never justified that kind of treatment. Jesus never did anything like the uh, the Inquisition. Muhammad did those things. Muhammad did behead. Muhammad did rape. Muhammad did beat his wife. He did those things. It's an important differentiation, and I genuinely believe to draw a moral equivalency between Christians of today, even the ones who pervert it, Let's look at the worst perversion of Christianity today. Westboro, right? Westboro Baptist, 12 members. They're all over the media because people love, people just, they love to use these freaks. Well, they they fax their press releases out every day. I know. But the media loves those people because, you know, not you, but a lot of media does because they can go, see, look, you have it everywhere. You have these radical Christians. There's 12 members. Nine of them are the guy's family, the founding member's family. But even them being the worst of the worst of the worst Christians who are faking it, who obviously aren't Christians, they're not burning people alive and decapitating children. So even if you take the worst perversions of Christianity around today and compare them to merely the accurate interpretations of Muhammad, 
the accurate portrayals of Muhammad, it's still not as bad. So I genuinely, and I, I said this at LadderWithCrowder.com, I genuinely believe that to compare Christian to ISIS, if he believes that that's a legitimate comparison, is evil. Or at the very least, he's allowing evil to exist. He's paving the way for evil by not pointing out evil for what it is and standing up as a man in a position of authority to fight evil. Listen, if you're a Christian, as Barack Obama was claiming at that presidential prayer breakfast, it talks about how the man of the household, the leaders of nations, the shepherds, will be judged more harshly. And I would hate to be Barack Obama at the pearly gates. They say, well, what did you do with the greatest evil of our time, Islam, when they were killing Christians in mass? You know, I had to, I had to maintain, uh, I had to maintain my base. So I played it soft. Really? I gave you the greatest platform in the history of man to fight the greatest evil in the history of man, and you did nothing? You pansy. We're sending you downstairs. For the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. So glad to have you with us. You, me, Brian Williams. And a dog named Boo. None of the Chech. None of those people. Their kind is not welcome here at Ladder with Crowder, the Chech. If you're listening in your Chech, shut off the dial. I don't even want your ratings showing up. That's how little I want to be associated with the Chech. Uh, Big news, obviously. Brian Williams claims to have misremembered being shot down in a helicopter in Iraq with RPG fire. Fun dip, do we have that clip ready? Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, okay. Right Just for those here. of you who missed it, this is him apologizing for lying about being shot down. Here we go. On this broadcast last week, in an effort to honor and thank a veteran who protected me and so many others after a ground fire incident in the desert during the Iraq war invasion, I made a mistake in recalling the events of 12 years ago. It did not take long to hear from some brave men and women in the air crews who were also in that desert. I want to apologize. I said I was traveling in an aircraft that was hit by RPG fire. I was instead in a following aircraft. We all landed after the ground fire incident and spent two harrowing nights in a sandstorm in the Iraq desert. This was a bungled attempt by me to thank one special veteran and by extension, our brave military men and women, veterans everywhere, those who have served while I did not. I hope they know they have my greatest respect and also now my apology. Oh, it seems kind of harmless when you put it that way, Mr. Williams. Bungled! 
It was a bungled, bamboozled attempt. You're a liar. You're he, a liar. He lied during the apology. Yeah. He lied during the apology with the two nights, right? Yeah, yeah. He was not in the desert for two nights. I heard Dana yesterday. She said that in her report, uh, she said that the pilot of the plane that did get shot right. saw Williams come up to him about an hour later. His plane had apparently landed. Half okay, self-edit here, fun dip. Half hour to 45 minutes after the other one. And then they took off and went someplace else so, afterwards. So he's lying about the two nights. Yeah. And more importantly, he's lying about lying. Oh, I, for, I, I forgot. I misremembered. How do you misremember being shot down with a gun? The thing is, I don't know if he's a stupid person because you have to be stupid to lie to someone about being shot down and tell I think I, my memory's a little hazy. It's like when your kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? If your kid, you know, takes cookies or takes something he's not allowed to, you go, did you do this? And he goes, no, the dog did it. And the no. mouth is covered with chocolate. Yeah, it's like his mouth, his mouth is covered with chocolate. I don't remember taking those Oreos. <laughs> right, exactly. I misremembered it. And you're going, no, dummy. Now I've got to tan your hide. Brian Williams needs to be spanked. He needs to be spanked by the producers at NBC publicly. And I don't mean figuratively. I mean literally bent over their knee, pants pulled down, and spanked. With rubber gloves. I have a real problem with people who, and what's so funny is this is just so premeditated in the, you know, for the, the brave men and women of our military, it, trying to sort of, you know, let's place the attention over here. No, you lied about something. And here's the, the big takeaway, though, that's very important with this. This is not a rare occurrence. This is an occurrence where someone was caught. Uh, Hillary has lied. I mean, politicians and media they're very similar in the way they are able to get away with flat-out lies. And the big reason for that is that there's no accountability. There's no accountability in the leftist media for Brian Williams. Who's going to keep him accountable? Any of his far-left buddies over there at MSNBC, at NBC, MSNBC, CNBC? What about his colleagues over there at ABC, CBS? No one will. It's an industry that is homogenous and that it consists entirely of one group of ideological people and that's why this was allowed to go uh, go unchecked for so long and that's why new media is so important because now someone like myself someone like dana someone uh, like many of you watching this online or on twitter you don't need to go through the gatekeepers no zool no no zool hey, which ties in with dana and they hate it the media hates it they hate that they don't get to decide what's true and what's not. And I'm not being a conspiracy theorist and saying chemtrails and fluoride in your tap. None of that. The point no is... No Alex Jones stuff. None of the Alex Jones stuff. The point is that this has been going on for a long time. This is one area where he was caught. And he's so not used to being caught that his apology wasn't really even an apology. It was a lie about how and why he was caught. I just, you know, I wasn't caught in a lie. I misremembered. You didn't misremember not being shot down by RPG fire in a helicopter in Iraq, you stupid dummy. He made it up from scratch. 
Exactly. It's not even... It's not even me, like, like me being at a concert and I go, oh my gosh, I remember when I got to sit in and play bass with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. It never happened. It never happened. Let's go to a commercial. We'll come back with our next uh, wonderful guest, Matt Sheffield of Liberty Health Share. And we'll, we'll, we'll move into talking about Obamacare and its ramifications. A lot of people aren't talking about it, but there are some new updates that you may want to know and how it affects your current health affects your current health most like my print which means that I'm going to die Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. So glad to be here, even though um, Fun Dip has angered me. Now, why has Fun Dip angered you? Because you were trying to get the product placement in that last segment when we're doing the video cast. No, with- I'm just drinking coffee and stuff, but you know, kind of. What kind of what kind of coffee are you drinking this morning? I've got a mixture of Folgers and some Kona and so, and a little bit of leftover Maxwell House. What? What is wrong with you? Nothing. I mean, there's I, a lot I, wrong with you. Kona, well, it's probably a Kona blend, but why would you mix something that is that premium with crap? Well, because I don't like the Kona stuff on its own. It tastes too foofy. But I like to add a little bit of that. What do you mean, foofy? You mean it has too much, too much of a flavor profile? It doesn't. It doesn't taste coffee enough. It tastes. Uh, it tastes funny if it's straight. Almost like rum. It's got like a strong thing to it. I'll tell you what's not straight. You fun dip. <laughs> You're the one that's drinking green herbal tea. Well, I no, it's oolong tea. Is it it's, oolong tea? Isn't that some kind of a uh, uh, tennis player oolong or whatever? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's the middle ground between green and black tea. It's semi fermented, so it's like middle caffeine, but both kind of health benefits. I think you're semi fermented. I don't even know what that means. It sounds like a Chech comment if I've ever heard one. <laughs> so, so you were asking about the candy too. I just happen to have it, and I just enjoy it. So you just have it, and you enjoy it. All right. Mm-hmm. Who was calling there on the phone? We had uh, Joe from Dexter call up. Oh, I don't even want to talk about the callers. And, I don't. And we they, had another fellow call up. Both of them said they love the show, and so uh, that's very nice. Of them. Glad to pass that along to you. Well, for those of you out there who are wondering, we don't take callers. Namely because it's not really a caller show, but also when I'm on the road, I can't take callers as when I'm in studio. So every now and then we'll do a caller show. But your best bet is to tweet me at S. Crowder. That's S. Crowder. And just tell me, you know, if you hate me, if you want me to die. Muslims do it all the time. So do hippies. 
And Fundip is literally, he is literally shoveling. I thought you were going to get healthier this year, Fundip. Well, yeah, but then they said that they were going to outlaw British candies in the U.S., so I bought $100 worth. <laughs> it looks like you're going to have a heart attack and die, right? Jared, are you serious? I can't believe you. I don't know what your your issue is. I don't know what your major malfunction is, but it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny to you. It's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. For those of you who can't see, we do a video cast and Fundip is literally he didn't have a couple what are these malt balls? What are they? Yeah. He didn't have a couple of malt balls. He tilted his head back. Open his mouth and let the whole bag flow down his gullet so that he didn't have to chew. No, you got to chew them. And now he's washing it down with Maxwell House slash Folgers slash Kona. You need counseling. Yeah, the last counselor I had, she took off. <laughs> uh so Brian Williams obviously is is a big story. That that shooting that occurred, you know, it's one of those days. It's one of those weeks where it, it, there are a lot of stories that break. Nothing that's you know necessarily life changing for us, uh, aside from obviously the war, you know, and ISIS. But e- even the shooting situation, it, it's a terrible situation. But you've noticed the media hasn't sensationalized it the way they have other shootings. I mean, people have kind of forgotten about it today. Yeah, it seems to be the case. Which I guess is just because there's not not a lot of, uh, there weren't enough deaths for the media to take notice. But, you know, it's important. It's important for people to know that, by the way, a Harvard study, a recent Harvard study, I have this in front of me, showed that gun control is counterproductive. This is Harvard. So it's not, this isn't, you know, some, some tea party here off of his uncle's porch Yelling, gun gun control is having your finger on the trigger. It's not that. This is an actual study from Harvard. Gun crimes, by the way, have soared in England. So this idea that gun control laws, and I know everyone talks about this on the AM radio, but this idea that gun control laws actually curb gun violence, it's not true. And it certainly doesn't curb violence. Um, let's. I mean, if you actually want to look at gun violence in the states, Chicago is one of the worst places you can't have a gun. So apparently, the felons didn't get that memo. Yeah, that, I always hear that, and it makes so much sense. You know, if you outlaw a weapon, a gun, only the outlaws are going to have. They're not paying attention to the law anyway. No, of course not, and that's pretty, you know, pretty basic. Uh, but you know, we actually want to look at the, the real numbers here. So, so here you go. So guns used, okay, in incidents in the United States. So 31,672 incidents. Every year, guns are used over 80 times more often to protect a life than to take one. This comes to us from AmericanGunFacts.org. 270 million uh, civilians in America are armed. 200,000 times a year, women use a gun to defend against sexual abuse. Where are feminists on that? 
Shouldn't feminists want every single woman to be armed in this country? Three out of five. Again, this comes to us from AmericanGunFacts.com. Three out of five polled felons say they won't mess with an armed victim. That just makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. Criminals are stupid, but they're not that stupid. Uh, Highest gun ownership. Obviously, the United States uh, has the highest gun ownership for 100 residents. Okay. Funnily enough, Yemen is number two, then Switzerland is number three, and Finland is number four. The highest homicide rate, Honduras, El Salvador, Cote d'Ivoire, Jamaica. Not America. Let's look at the United Kingdom. Possession of handguns is illegal. 2,000, over 2,000 violent crimes per 100,000 people are committed in the UK. 466 violent crimes per 100,000 people in the USA. There is more violent crime in the UK than the United States. Per capita, right? Yes. Uh, There's more than uh, five times more, about four and a half times more violent crime. By the way, for people who don't know, it's very difficult to compare violent crime. And that's where the site AmericanGunFacts.com are so useful because there are different barometers for violent crime in different countries. So what is considered a violent crime in the States might not be considered a violent crime in the U.K., so once you actually use the same barometer for what constitutes a violent crime, that's when violent crime in the UK is much higher than the US. We have a higher standard. Same thing people say, well, the infant mortality rate is very high in the United States. It's actually not nearly as high as many other countries that would register as lower because they don't consider it a life. So they don't consider that baby, you know, I don't know, who's in the fifth month the third trimester where there's a miscarriage or some they, you know they don't consider that infant mortality they don't have the actual stat the actual stats in front of me because of the gun stats in front of me right now but we've talked about this before so the united states has such a high standard of what constitutes a life that they don't have around the world that people try and say that the infant mortality rate is high it's actually not when you standardize infant mortality rates the united states come comes out it fares very well Same thing here. When you standardize violent crime rates, the UK has over 2,000 per 100,000 residents. The United States has 466 per 100,000 residents. In the decade following the Labor Party's election and banning of handguns in 1997 in the UK, the number of recorded violent attacks soared by 77% to 1.2 million in 07. Now, how much of that is skewed because of, like, Northern Ireland and stuff? You mean the Irish who are being sold into slaves for potatoes? Well, no, that was back in the day. But, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff that goes on with uh, with violence in Ireland, you know, the north and the south. But Why? Is there a lot of gang activity in, in Ireland? Is that what it is? <laughs> You're thinking of the gang, the gangs of New York where it had that kind of Irish No, 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 no. I mean, actual, are there a lot of, is there a lot of organized crime in Ireland? Well, there, there it, was the, it was the Protestants versus the Catholics, and there's still that frustration uh with with irish ireland and then part of the uk ireland they're separate okay so they don't get along i i wasn't aware yeah that's why like uh there's the orange and then there's the green well i I was aware they didn't get along i wasn't aware that there would be significant enough violence to change a crime statistic are you saying that they're just blowing each other away in ireland i'm just wondering if there are numbers that show that there's more there than say where I went on my honeymoon in Ireland or England and Scotland. So you're just wondering, just, just pulling wondering, completely curious. out of 
Wonder Wonder. Read a book. Concealed Carry in America. An, an analysis of the FBI crime statistics found that the states who adopted concealed carry laws reduced murders by 8.5%, reduced rapes by 5%, reduced aggravated assaults by 7%, reduced robberies by 3%. So and all of these facts are just, you know, AmericanGunFacts.com. I highly recommend you go there. I'll get it up on Twitter uh, at S. Crowder. The point here is the media will always try and pivot this to an anti-gun discussion. That's always where they go with it. They go to an anti-gun dialogue. Well, this happened. Maybe if we had stricter gun control laws. And again, it's the same reason that Brian Williams was able to get away with lying about being fired, fired upon and shot down in a helicopter. Because no one calls them on it. Uh, no one except the new media warriors out there. No one at NBC, ABC, CBS is going to say, hey, you know what? Look, at the evidence is so overwhelming against our namby-pamby liberal worldviews that arming a citizenry actually makes them safer. Shut up, Carl. You're fired. Your first strike was mixing the Kona with that Maxwell house in the break room, but <laughs> now you're just fired because crazy talk. Guns can protect people? There's no way. That's how stupid these people are. Lotta with Crowder. We'll be back. Stephen Crowder back for the last half hour fun dip. You had some stats that you wanted to uh, you wanted to you wanted to, to give to our listeners so that you weren't completely speaking out of turn earlier. Yeah, I was curious as to whether or not there was a difference in the uh, violent crime numbers for, say, England and Wales versus Northern Ireland. And violent crime for Northern Ireland shows up at uh, 2,799. And for for England and Wales, which of course is a larger area, 75,624. But when you compare them in a pie chart, the, the slices are pretty comparable of the 100%. It looks to be about 20% in both areas, maybe a little bit less in England and Wales, maybe about uh, 18%. But... Pretty comparable, and I was kind of surprised at that because of all the the movies you see about, you know, Northern Ireland with the the IRA, etc. But uh, it's, okay. it's certainly we, better now. We get it. We get it. You hate the Irish. You're a self loathing Irishman. We understand. I hate myself no matter what I am. <laughs> well, let's not hate our next guest. A uh, wonderful gentleman here to actually educate us a little bit on the Obamacare health laws, the Affordable Health Care Act. Sorry, health healthcare laws and how it might affect you. I know I've been affected. My premiums have gone up. Uh, Matt Bellis with Liberty HealthShare. Matt, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So listen, you work with Liberty HealthShare. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But um, sure. we were promised that premiums wouldn't go up and we could keep our insurance if we liked it. My premiums yeah. have gone up now about 38%. Uh, 
is is that common? What are the numbers here with Obamacare? How has it really affected Americans? Because I, I don't I don't always know how to make heads or tails of it. I know only know what I see on my bill. Right, right, uh, and really that's what uh, people are seeing the personal stories uh, all over the country of how the current healthcare system affects them. Uh, I can't speak for anyone and everyone, but even me and myself and my family, uh, before we were working with uh, Liberty HealthShare and being a part of medical cost sharing, we had our own story of uh, of rates that would just skyrocket through the roof. Right. Uh, and so that's when we decided to, to make a change. Uh, you know, across the country, you know, broadband of what, what people are dealing with uh, specifically, I can't say exactly, but we have seen the trend in our industry that uh, healthcare is becoming less and less affordable on a monthly basis. Yeah, you know, I've seen that everywhere, and it's funny, you know, being raised in a socialized healthcare province, understanding the move, the slow march in that direction here in this country, it's one of those things that I just knew was unavoidable. And as right. the costs rise, and as you have a generation of, of kids now, who have to pay these astronomical rates, they're going to want to reach out for a free public option. It's a brilliant long-term political strategy. Sign a bill into law that will guarantee rates go up, so by the next time the next generation comes in, they go, what if this is ridiculous? Healthcare is not affordable. That's why you need a public option, right? Uh, you know, I can't speak to the, uh, the, the desires of of what people wanted to put in place with uh, any, you know, with the law or anything like that. I, I just, I do know that whenever you have a, a a system like we have, it is, you know, the math is is math. You can't change uh, the math or the economics of it. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what's what's going to be the outcome. Right. Uh, well, I just mean that there was, you know, there laws. was the public option, and then once that was killed. This is what was put forward, and obviously the, the number one goal was public option, and since that can't happen, it's a lot easier to put something into law that just we know has just healthcare costs have skyrocketed, and people will have to reach out for public option. But now you work with a company, Liberty HealthShare, which is funny. That's the reason why I reached out, because I, I personally, I mean, Liberty HealthShare is not a sponsor to the show yet, Matt. We're working on that. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be switching out my healthcare. I am. I, I was with... Um, I don't know if I can even say I was with. Uh, 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 can I use the name of the health insurance right fund? Dip? Can I say I was with Golden Rule? Rates went up so high with an HSA account. Uh, I had a five thousand dollar deductible. Rates went from one twelve a month to almost right. two hundred a month. And Liberty Health Share is exempt from, to my understanding, from this healthcare law because there's no other way the rates could be as incredible. I would go to you guys, and everything I've read says the comparable. You know, my 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 deductible, which is a different terminology you use, would go down. Why is it that you guys are able to sort of circumnavigate the healthcare law and provide better services right now? Well, number one, uh, this is a completely different option than what people might be used to in terms of health insurance. This is a completely different alternative. Uh, we're not insurance. We're glad not to be. Um, and that's part of the reason why we are able to be exempt from the law is because uh, we uh, we help people uh, in their time of need with their medical bills. Yet we are a completely different option for you in terms of paying for your health care. 
Right. Uh, and the biggest reason because uh, we have certain values that we employ when it comes to paying for our health care. Uh, right. We are a Christian-based company. Uh, we don't impose our Christian standards on everybody. We do have a certain set standard of beliefs. But the biggest ones that we have are to say that, you know, our health care is a decision based upon uh, our desires, right? based upon the individual's desires, and what we do to be honoring to God and ourselves. Right. Uh, and, and so we are uh, basing our, our health care on our values. Uh, not, you know, the, the cost, and you were talking about the, uh, the affordability of it, and that's great, but that is a byproduct of what we're able to do in terms of living out our values within the realm. Well, of and that's the thing, right? So obviously on the cost standpoint with the sort of, if you want to use the term religious institution, ex- religious exemption, um, because yeah. you do have faith-based values that you sign on to allows you to make costs lower. But it also, a big factor is, you know, if you look at, when I looked at signing up with you guys, it, it asks, do, do, you, do you smoke? Do you drink in excess? What kind of lifestyle choices are you making? Which you can't really right. do with a lot of other health insurance companies. Or if they do ask those questions, they still can't deny you for coverage, right? That's different from what right. you guys are able to do, which is, listen, I'm a pretty fit guy. I try and stay healthy. My biggest health care is preventative. You know, like right now I've got a shoulder injury. I think that can ha- And that's where health insurance should come in, right? You have an accident, right. something like that, of right. course. But you should try and stay healthy. It's not the insurer's job to just act as as a, as a act in lieu of your gym, and that's a big factor right, there with right. you guys. You're allowed to screen for that and say, "No, sorry, you're you're not uh, you're not eligible." Well, we are as accepting as we can be. We we right. are you know uh, we're a membership, and so one we have to protect the membership, but two we do accept pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're somebody who is struggling with smoking and you want to secede from smoking, we have programs to help you do that. Wow. And so we're more about health care rather than sick care. Right. But what happens in, in today's uh, modern medicine is you don't use it until you have a problem. Right. Um, and we don't usually think about the things that lead up to the problem. Right. Uh, and so with the, you know, being a part of a membership like Liberty HealthShare, uh, we are able to uh, to provide incentives for people to make good decisions. Well, uh, me... And it's not a, a way to control decisions, no. but it's a way to reward people for for being healthy. Right. No, and that, that makes sense. So put it this way, because a lot of people right away, I can already see the tweets and the angry mail. Oh, Christians just want to deny you if you have a pre-existing condition. So, for example... You know, I had a rehabilitation in my back, you know, because I had a back injury and had rehabilitation. And what's funny is I spent thousands of dollars on back rehab that did nothing. And no other customer service realm, they, hey, I, I, ordered a, I ordered a cheeseburger. Ah, we gave you a chicken breast. Well, it's not what I ordered. Ah, go take a hike. We're not going to do anything. But in the medical industry, it's like, yeah, my back's not any better. Ah, take off. So I've had all the MRIs and stuff. They sent me to rehab. Now, something like that where I'm healthy otherwise. But uh, there's obviously the pre-existing condition of a you know a tweak in the back. That's not the kind of thing where you would say you're out, Sonny. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have a whole program and a way to bring people in to our uh, membership based on pre-existing conditions. Uh, let's say you have that tweak in the back. Uh, we might just say, hey, for everything else in your life, we will share in 
but for anything with the tweak in the back type of uh, type of medical condition, uh, we're not going to share in that for the first year. We'll start sharing that in the second year. Uh, we'll share more of that in the third year. And then after that, it's no longer considered a pre-existing condition. So we're not, you know, we're not saying, hey, we can't let you into our membership because of a pre-existing condition. We just right. have to be smart in how we introduce any kind of uh, particular issue that you may have uh, into our group. And as our membership grows, those restrictions become less and less. Well, what I said was I had a slight tweak in my back. What I meant to say was that I am in perfect health with zero injuries. <laughs> so I, I believe me, I don't know. Yeah. I actually had the rehab we're going on about over a year ago. And it's just one of those things. Backs are so complex, man. When you actually look in there and I've just, you know, you don't want to you don't want to cut it open if you don't have to. But listen, it's one of those things, regardless of politics, just sounds like a simple, pretty, pretty even minded approach to healthcare. Stay healthy. We cover you. And uh, if you get out of line, you know what? We're uh, we're going to have a conversation. So I appreciate it, Matt. And, and I don't just say this again. They're Liberty Healthshare is not a sponsor. I wish they were. We'll see if they are. They should be because I would sing it from the rooftops, but I am going to be switching my health care to them. Okay. So FCC, this is not an endorsement. It's a company and product I don't even use. But where can people find you, Matt, or learn more about Liberty HealthShare? Yeah, they can go on to libertyhealthshare.org to get more information, to find out about our programs, and to see why we're glad not to be insurance and how you can be exempt from the Affordable Care Act. Very nice. Well, thank you, Matt. We appreciate you coming with us. And uh, we'll have to have you come back when Obamacare is back in the news because a lot of these experts in the news uh, have no idea about health care. So thank you. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And we will be back to wrap everything up here on Louder Crowder. The nice little bow just for you. Everyone loves bows. If you don't like bows, what a Good chat, like the bows. Right, that bow. Wham Talk 1600, WAAM. We are on the air with Steven Crowder. We're having such a great conversation behind the scenes. I'm like, oh, the bumper music's running out, man. Did they come back in on me laughing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like people know there was some fun stuff going <laughs> on behind the is such scenes. a crap talker off air. Oh, man. You wouldn't, be- you you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just evil. I'm so mean and evil. He's the kind, he, Fundip's the kind of guy who, if you were playing sports, sports if you were capable of, of playing sports or dunking a basketball he'd dunk on like a six-year-old kid boom boom didn't see that coming did you well i do a lot of fencing with ben you actually do fencing with ben yeah is that a sport he's taken up no i mean we have a couple of plastic lightsabers in the house and we play in the backyard yeah but i was thinking you actually like fencing rules where you're on the straight line no no it's just 
you know, hitting each other with lightsabers. Now, when you hit each other, are you doing the thing where you're clearly just trying to hit each other's lightsaber, or are you actually trying to hit each other? Well, I, I try to sneak past the lightsaber and pretend like I'm cutting off his arm or cutting off his leg, but I don't hit him hard enough with the thing to where it would actually, you know, leave a welt. We, you and then do, you, he tries to hit me that hard. You have six. to do that every now and then. Just push him down. Just push him down. Well, I, I do. I go. I just use the force, and then it throws him thirty feet up against the wall. No, no. Physically, you no, need to shove no, your son down. Just every now and then. Every now and then, so he learns to get back up and not cry. He gets knocked down. He gets up again. So yeah. Yes, in the night away. Take a whiskey drink. Take a vodka drink. Take a cider drink. You take a lager drink. Sing a song <laughs> that reminds us of the good times. Sing a song that reminds Remind us of, of another hit. Time. Oh, wait, the, the bad times, Yeah, yeah. which is all times after the two weeks this song played on the radio. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, bad times are coming, Chumbawamba. <laughs> Tub thumping. I just, it's one of those things, there must have been, it's kind of like when there's a week and there's nothing in the news, when there's, when there's just genuinely no talented artists, or maybe there just weren't any songs coming out, you're just like, I don't know, I got this demo on my desk, all right, run it. Run it. And Tell then it just goes through the roof for two weeks and then gone. Yeah, well, you want to talk about a black dot in an entire country's history, the Macarena. Oh, my gosh. You're not kidding. I was, this, that was about 95, 96. And I was dating a girl, and that was her favorite song for that entire time. I mean, I could still see her doing the whole thing in my head where. They you put the arms out and then you turn your hands over. Like, was that Sp- was that Spain or was it Mexico? I think I'm not sure where that originated from, but it was well, Lo- Los del Rio was the name of the artist. If it's Mexican or if it's Spanish, that is like their Holocaust. Oh man, that's how terrible the Macarena was. You know how people make like unfair comparisons to the Holocaust politically. Kind yeah, of like, yeah, this is like yeah. another. I think that one was fair. Well, it was. It was certainly a musical travesty. <laughs> it certainly was a musical travesty. I um, uh, it's one of those weeks. It's one of those weeks, man, where you have a shooting. You've got Brian Williams lying about. <laughs> I just. I don't know if you noticed. Like I, I've been laughing so much this show, compared to say last week. Because it's reached the point of absurdity. Oh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Where I can't, I mean, it's one of those, I just can't believe that Brian Williams, I still can't get over the fact that he thought, he genuinely thought he would say, you know what, I misremembered being shot down by a rocket. And he thought the Americans would just be like, oh, well, happens to the best of us. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, how did he think we'd react? He's such an idiot. Uh, apparently, I mean, his mind must work like that of a five-year-old child because that's how they say things when they get busted. I didn't steal the jammy Dodgers or the Oreo cookies or whatever. Exactly. The, the dog did it. You know, and yeah. it's all over their face. There's crumbs As a matter on their of fact, shirt. Let's be honest here. The classic excuse of the dog ate my homework, literally, not figuratively, is literally more believable than I misremembered. <laughs> exactly, totally. Being shot down. Honestly, if someone were the to... The dog ate my Chinook, Air, Chinook helicopter. Right, yes. No, honestly, 
if you okay if you're a teacher let's do this if you're a teacher okay brian williams right lying about this deal okay i'm trying to set this up and think of a way that is the most legitimate comparison let me let me noodle this for one second all right i've noodled it so for brian williams if you are a teacher okay little brian williams little five-year-old comes in okay and there's another kid. Let's call him the Macarena kid since we we're talking about him. Los Del Rios. Little Los Del Rios. Little Brian Williams. Los Del Rios says, the dog ate my homework. And then Brian Williams says, I think I did my homework, but I was shot down by an RPG <laughs> in a helicopter. Which excuse would you find more believable? <laughs> Literally, Brian Williams' excuse for misre- the misremembering of being shot down in a helicopter is less believable. Not figuratively, it is literally less believable than the old dog ate my homework. <laughs> <laughs> and he thinks we're going to buy it. I mean, how... <laughs> And I know this just this just goes to show you that liberals, that leftists in the entertainment elite, they have contempt for the American people. He must think that the average viewer listener is a complete idiot. I don't I don't know how else you do that. And so must have been everyone else at NBC was complicit. I don't know if you saw the, the, the emails that went around. With an executive at NBC saying, hey, you should stop lying about that story. Otherwise, we're going to have to uh, request that you stop lying more officially. <laughs> it, it's it, The thing is with Brian He's Williams. He's going to be Hillary's running mate. That's what it is. Right. Her Benghazi issue, his Chinook issue. She's gonna, Yeah, I'm choosing him to run with me. Do you think Hillary would say, uh, I, misreme- I misremembered it. I thought it was because of a YouTube video. It turns out it was terrorism. No, she she would actually stand by the lie and say, no, everyone else in the world misremembered that. I am right. Yeah. That's what she would do. You did a really passionate impression there. <laughs> <laughs> you look you look like it. It's the most disturbing. We need to put you we need to dress you as Hillary Clinton for next hour. <laughs> oh man. Look like the female gremlin. Oh, okay. a very rough picture. But that's the takeaway here, Americans. Is it funny? Yes. The Brian Williams situation is funny, but you need to dive into it and understand that that shows just how stupid those in the media think you actually are. If they're willing to lie, if Brian Williams is willing to lie about being shot down himself, which doesn't matter, which doesn't really affect you, It was just a story to build up his credibility and resume. If Brian Williams is willing to lie about a story that never else happened to him, what else are they willing to lie to you about? Lie with Crowder.